यू नेवर नो कितनी लंबी कन्वर्सेशन चल दिस इज वन आवर दैट्स व्हाट आई एम गिविंग यू ओके मतलब आप वो आपके ऊपर होगा यू विल स्टार्ट लेकिन मेरे पास इतना सब कुछ है बताने को तो 1 घंटा कम पड़ेगा हे अंकित इट्स क्वाइट अ प्रिविलेज टू हैव यू हियर इन आवर पॉडकास्ट अंकित इज अ वेरी हैंड्स ऑन पर्सन हुम आई हैव सीन हीज वर्कड ऑन वेरियस डोमेन्स एंड हैज ऑल्सो यू नो डन वेरियस लीडरशिप रोल्स सो इफ यू लुक एट आर पॉडकास्ट इट इज प्रोडक्ट मैनेजमेंट जीरो टू वन टू वन हंड्रेड सो अंकित हैज एक्चुअली ट्रेवल द कंप्लीट जर्नी फ्रॉम जीरो टू वन टू वन हंड्रेड वेलकम अंकित टू आर पॉडकास्ट thank you krishna for the warm welcome and that shower of praises i totally don't deserve those but thank you nevertheless so i i i remember when i uh, when i joined swiggy um, there were a lot of uh, things to be done and i i think we were uh, the, uh, doing the quarterly planning back then and ankit was in europe holidaying so anything that i ask anyone they used to say like you'll have to you know ask jindal you'll have to ask jindal i'm mean, like where is jindal and you know he is actually holidaying and i was like are you here we are looking at you know decisions and uh, he is holidaying and then one fine day uh, you know he comes and says hey i am ankit jindal and i was like okay cool and then i think we got to talk and then he was uh, such a cool person i've, I've known ankit uh, very well and we've had uh, yeah. lots of conversation absolutely but it was good fun time so yeah on the fourth floor so i think ankit took my interview as well and चापोटी Uh, I think Ankit was uh, the go-to person as any any PM who joined Swiggy. Uh, Ankit was there with his marker and saying, "Okay, okay, how do Swiggy systems work? Uh, lesson one o one, starting from scratch to what is there and how have we reached there?" He kept requesting everyone, saying, "Hey, now it's your responsibility to document it." But no one ever did, and every no one time ever it did. was the same thing. So that's it. It's actually a privilege to join a startup during initial days, so that you understand you've seen the company grow. But yeah, the the new lot is ridiculous. I have actually made this request to each and every batch, but none of them has ever taken notes. So eventually, it was me who ended up giving that same monologue for one one and a half hours to every single batch who joined Swiggy. Who joined Swiggy? Yeah. Probably you should have recorded a, a podcast in there. <laughs> I, I think one of the batches did. I think Sid did record it, but God knows where the recording is. <laughs> <laughs> so Ankit, can you uh, run us through how you got uh, where you are right now? So I'll probably start with my formative years. Started way back my professional career in two thousand eight. Uh, got campus selected into a company called Manhattan Associates. supply chain management company into coding i knew nothing zilch of coding i hated it to the core but still that was a job i got from the campus and that's where i went to but looking if i look back right uh, 12 years from 12 years right if i if i take a step back and then look at hey you know how my career shaped i think that was probably the era which sort of molded me sort of made me be a little success whatever i am in my role stint be it at swiggy or be it at atlassian because i think that's when i started understanding technology 
before that all i knew was laptops are meant to play computer counter strike and no coding and nothing so that was my laptop's primary purpose but yeah so I started as a software developer didn't really like the job though was good at it but never really liked it went on tried multiple attempts at cat didn't really happen sometimes one cut off or another cut off would would probably give me show me the door uh, then moved on to uh i think for one one and a half years moved on to a analytics consulting domain which i really liked but then fortunately as it happens right whenever you're enjoying your work something else opens for you then eventually mba did happen for me went to b school uh at b school i just realized hey you know i i there's just placement camps and unfortunately that's what i realized so i thought okay let's make the more make the most most of it uh i never used to study and most of my energy or my time was just chatting with group of friends at b school and uh, then eventually amazon happened at the peak girlfriend decided to get married and they were like we were like hey, you know she's based out of bangalore and what do i do so i started frantically applying to bangalore companies and that is how i got introduced to swiggy uh so yeah swiggy happened and then like uh i was in fact the first product manager and during my process when they were trying to like interview me i was always thinking you know is it my interview or are they giving me an interview or are, why are they so much overselling the role to me because i am the one who should be like answering all their questions and they should be the one grilling me but then i think my then boss and rahul were too kind and they were too empathetic and they took pity on me and recruited me uh, so that's how my career at swiggy began and it almost like feels like yesterday because i still very clearly remember the first day i joined right i was coming from an operations background never really understood what product management was because i haven't done that before so the, the very first day i joined uh, the systems went down the systems for which i was responsible for they went down and we were in the office till 2 am writing sorry emails to the customer because at that point of time none of the systems were automated we were like bunch of 30 35 odd people trying to hold the ship so on my way back i was just thinking did i do the right thing should i should i should i should i should i reconsider my decision but then i'm i'm glad i didn't do any of such sort because it's been a, it, it was a tremendous learning experience for me learned a lot like you said in the beginning was part of uh, the, the team which was responsible for building products for swiggy food ecosystem then moved on to the new initiatives etc so got a lot of opportunities to work on different things and then finally after like five and a half to six long years i hang up my boots at swiggy and joined atlassian and so it's been a fantastic journey and yeah enjoyed every bit of it great ankit so um if i understand right uh, swiggy was your first uh, product management job yeah 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 it was and there were like 30 plus people only i was the 33rd employee <laughs> is what i remember loosely 33rd or somewhere near that number in tech product got it so what were the struggles that you were facing initially what were the struggles uh because i yeah, i sorry, feel yeah. probably there is a lot of uh, self discovery that you will have had to go through because you had no one to look up to you know uh, struggle with finding solutions so how did you uh, like you know find a way I, out i i got lucky with the problems which were given to me because the solutions did come naturally to me so but i think one of the constant struggle was that how do we validate the solutions 
because there's never a right solution, right? Everybody understands and you have done product management, my understand product management, right? There's, there's no single right answer. There are multiple solutions. So for us, for me, at least the biggest struggle was, yeah, it could solve the problem, but will it solve the problem 100% or will it get stuck at 90% and solve the problem at 90%? So that was a constant struggle that, you know, there wasn't enough validation which was available for us. Uh, it could be by means of looking at competition because we were the ones who created this category in the country and even abroad, uh, there weren't really great examples. So, so that, that was a constant struggle. Whatever we are doing will of course give results, but will it, will it extract the last drop of juice from the product we are building was something which we were not very sure of. So I think that was the biggest struggle. Of course, another struggle was, hey, you know, we were in the very initial days of Swiggy where things were of course, uh, sort of not that stable in the beginning and things were, uh, I would say breaking sometimes, uh, more than often sometimes I would say. So, so, so that was another struggle that we had to keep, keep, keep up the pace with the growth, which demanded that we scale a system, but at the same time, we also wanted to develop and build, uh, the bare minimum skeleton, which is needed for us to scale further. So it was a constant struggle where we were trying to, trying to hold the fort, but at the same time, trying to build on the fort. Okay. And did you have uh, frameworks to refer to because the challenge that you had was in validating whether your solutions really helped, right? That thinking itself uh, is more of a product first thinking, yeah. right? So that doesn't naturally come. I, I think this not one thing uh, which sort of helped at least me in coming up with say potential solutions to the problems that we were solving. It, it was a lot of things which I gathered over say eight, 10 years, maybe six, seven years of my career at that point of time, right? Some bits and pieces from my development software, software engineer days, bits and pieces from my analytics days, bits and pieces from MBA. But at the same time, there wasn't any framework as such. What I was relying was a lot more on first principles thinking. Uh, it wasn't like I was using, I knew what frameworks I was using. So there's this funny incident where I was asked to develop a fraud detection system because we were seeing a lot of COD or cash on delivery orders getting placed and then canceled. So I came up with a very simplistic algorithm and then I, I sort of presented it to, I think one of the senior leaders. So this guy told me he actually used game theory. So I, at that point of time, <laughs> I didn't really know I was, I was sort of deploying game theory, but now. It was just first principle thinking. So I think in the initial phases, it's a lot of first principle thinking, which helps you to solve those problems over a period of time. Maybe you will realize, Hey, you know, actually this was this particular framework, which you used to come up with a solution. But in my case, it was always like a lot of first principle thinking and coming up with solves, maybe, maybe, maybe bouncing them off the leadership, bouncing them off the colleagues to see whether there are loopholes and then sort of going ahead with it. So during your um, initial days, did you read a lot? Yeah, I, I think that is something which I took very, very religiously. Uh, after six months into Swiggy, I was asked to lead the consumer uh, space. So I was taking care of their uh, Android app and iOS apps. And at that point of time, I didn't really know uh, what is the meaning of a green CTA versus a red CTA, to be honest. So I think what really helped me was understanding what are those material design guidelines, understanding how different apps work. So I did a lot of teardowns of different apps, which were in B2C space, which really helped me. Uh, at the same time, I also was glued on stack overflow for, for good 
six to eight months of my career, the initial phase of my career, because because usually what would happen is somebody would actually post a similar problem which you're trying to solve. Uh, it could be a product-led problem, it could be an engineering-led problem. So I found that source very, very, uh, I would say, helpful. So that's how it happened. Uh, but at the same time, I think somewhere around 2016 is when I think we as an have leaders joining in and with those leading leaders coming, I think we, we found those sounding boards we found those avenues to present, pitch your ideas or your solutions. But in the beginning, it was a lot of reading, a lot of trial and errors, unfortunately. Got it. I think probably the, the struggles that you went through and uh, having to deal with a small team and working hands-on is probably what opened up so many opportunities for you to learn uh, new things. Yeah, I think that's the charm of joining an early stage startup because your... I would say scope of work is not particularly limited. At that point of time, I still remember our uh, then VP product, Srinath Nagarajan coming to us and like, hey, you know, boss, guys, we have this problem to solve. And they were like, maybe four of us. And we would just raise hands, I have bandwidth and let me, let me take a job at it. At that point of time, yes, we did have our designated focus areas, but the boundaries were very blurred. Whosoever had bandwidth, whosoever had uh, say, you know, I can, I can ship it off. I can pull it off. Give me some time because every problem was important and urgent at that point of time, because else we would bleed to death or we would lose customers or something else would fail. So, so, so that's how it was. So the boundaries were blurred. And I think like you rightly said, which I am blessed and fortunate at the same time to experience different parts of the ecosystem. There wasn't one particular domain at Swiggy, which I haven't touched upon during my initial two years. Uh, Ankit, uh, you know, since you, you know, you're in the leadership role, uh, what do you see uh, the new BPM struggling with nowadays? I'll give my two cents on this. I don't think everybody's struggling, but my sense is uh, when people join at a, such a higher level or a higher position, I think the expectation from them is to run from day one. Uh, at least particularly in the startup ecosystem, because that's, that's, that's how it is, because you would come up with problems which were not there earlier. So you're expected to run very fast and just, yes, you're expected to hit the ground running. And that's where I think I've seen people struggling, uh, because they have, they've just joined the org and they don't really have the context of the domain. They are brilliant product managers. Of course, that's why they, 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 they are there. But at the same time, they may lack the context of the business. They may lack the context of how a particular org works. So that's where I think some of them do struggle. But I've seen cases as well where people just come and then hit it out of the park on day one. So, so I think it's a mixed bag there. But I think if all of us sort of make some conscious effort in making the, I would say, introduction to the org a little more uh, cordial and welcome. I, I think I think we could expect everybody to hit it out of the park. So uh, I think you have seen Swiggy grow from zero to I think uh, hundred, right? Where uh, you saw probably thousand orders a day, and I think it has reached like yeah, sky yeah. high now. So uh, I think overall the company has transitioned, and there would have been a lot of processes. The speed would have slowed down because 
uh, as the team grows, the uh, the execution time, this uh, the time to experiment and uh, getting things done, and this sort of uh, uh, freedom that you had before would have sort of gone down. So, how did you sort of manage that transition? Right, and and a lot of people uh, who work in a startup and uh, then their company starts growing and they feel start feeling left out, thinking, "Hey, uh, I don't, I'm not able to adapt to the new processes, new changes." Uh, so how do you how did you actually uh, manage that transition uh, actually good one i i think i think it of course it does happen as and when an org scales the processes which come into picture and of course processes are not to constrain you but actually to help you right so of course it happened uh, at swiggy as well we were super fast in uh, delivering stuff or making decisions but at the same time as and when we grew we were a lot more deliberate right where in whatever decisions we were making so i call it as relevant friction which gets introduced because if you take one step one wrong step chances are you would you would probably uh, sort of impact a lot of customers than you would have done if you were a small st- scale startup right so i i think it's definitely right at the same time how did i deal with it uh, i was again i think since I was with the company since very beginning. I did realize that, hey, you know, things and processes, what worked earlier will not work now because we have become this huge company which on which, say, almost a million customers daily rely on their food and the chances of errors are like next to zero. We, we can't fault, right? So, so one way where I would say a lot of people can adopt and say I adopted myself first. Hey, you know, uh, have a division of work when it comes to short term, medium term, and long term. Uh, because short term is what would help you keep busy at day to day things, but long term is what will help you be prepared when that massive scale hits you, right? So that's how I think it it worked out for me. And uh, I I if I recall my initial days, most of the projects, most of the things which we were working on, right, were really short-term in nature. That, hey, you know, if we don't do this, we will die, or we have to do it, we have to do it in very stipulated, very little time. But as and when the org matured, as and when I grew in the org, I think most of the time was not going and handling maybe short-term things, but it became a mix of short, medium, and long. And that's how I think everybody can adapt. Don't just get fixated on short-term things. Think about features, things about products, which will help you in the long run as well, and keep a healthy balance of the two. Uh, to give you an example, in my current role, I am actually just working on long-term projects. I'm not even thinking about projects which would see the light of the day in six months. They are mostly one year out or two year out or even three year out projects. So, so that's how I think one needs to adapt and that's probably helped me. Another thing which probably helped me was, uh, I love chaos. Uh, don't tell my current manager, but I love chaos. So <laughs> there were always multiple projects which I was I was dabbling with. There would probably be more than one short-term project and more than one long-term project, which always kept me uh, on my toes. So 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 yeah, I think that's how I sort of transitioned into being something which was like really 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 execution heavy to something which was like hey, you know we need to take much more careful steps going forward. 
Interesting. So I think uh, I think you pointed out uh, very well, right? So in general, the first thing is that you realize that this is something which is not going to work, and things are going to change. I think realization is the key part, and yeah. processes are good. I think there is a big misconception that saying that people think saying that if you are actually transitioning from one com- from startup culture to a big company culture, uh, processes are going to slow you down. But I and that's a I think every processes are in general. to actually help you uh, make better decisions and ensure that you are delivering yep. Uh, yep. the right value and yep. irrespective what size of company you are in right so i i work for an early stage startup and people keep saying ki hey if we are having processes that means we are not uh, working as fast as possible please let's let's not even talk about that i think processes are there for good and to ensure that the work gets done properly and i think relevant restriction is a, a very well uh, put term as well interesting Jindal, it's interesting. You actually um, spoke about two things that I would like to, uh, you know, jump into mm-hmm. a little uh, in detail. One is uh, you told about how does the org work, and the other thing that you told about is how you transition to a long-term thinking. So, for a new PM who joins in, uh, they would be probably given projects where they focus on execution. What What are the things that they need to do so that they start looking at a medium term? I haven't. thought about it was in a very structured way but here are my loose thoughts on it i do agree uh, that as and when you're starting your career as a product manager you need to be involved in execution maybe your 80% time goes into execution but what i encourage or what i think i have learned from my mistakes is that when you're doing that execution one thing which is equally important is probably understand your customers understand the users of your product so if you're doing giving your 80% into execution the rest 20% actually should go into just understanding the customers it helps you in do two things of course it helps you in coming up with better solutions or figure out hey you know whatever you're working on how can you improve it but at the same time it helps you understand hey you know what are the long term problems which we could get into so and i'm no saint here i didn't do it during my initial days i was probably 110% into execution uh, but if i have to tell my 5 year old uh, if i have to go back in time and tell my 5 year old self right that is what i would do probably spend 80% time in execution 20% in understanding the customers understanding the users of the product doing a lot more research around what makes them like your product or hate your product and that is where you will start slowly moving into medium and long term uh, thinking because if you are into execution totally you are just thinking at a day to day level hey you know i need to complete this prd hey you know i need to hit this milestone hey you know i need to run this scrum etc etc but once you start talking to customers it helps you get outside get out of that execution mode think clearly and think of problems which your customers are facing and nobody is actually paying attention to so that's my recommendation uh, what might work out for you as well would be you know try to understand what all important problems that the team is solving try to see whether you are interested in any of those problems and just reach out to the senior folks in the team that hey you know can i can i tag you on this particular problem hey can i can i take a lead on this problem so it you have to be more i would say uh i think it, this this first step has to come from you instead of you waiting for somebody senior in the team giving you on a on a plate no i i think it's better if you reach out 
uh, and see what works for you, what interests you. And that's how I think eventually you'll get into, say, from execution to, say, medium term, long term problems. Uh, so that's my two cents on it. Got it. Going on to the you know follow up question on the the term that you used about how does the org work? I have uh, seen you and then I know you're very good at uh, stakeholder management. As a newbie who joins an organization, how do they understand uh, what works and what does not work? Where's the power center, mm. etc. So what are your uh, tips on for a new PM who's joining an organization? If I think about stakeholder management, uh, the two aspects to it. One is which comes from your hard skills. The second is which comes from your soft skills. Hard skills are the one for which say, which helps you excel in solving the problem you're trying to do, right? Uh, maybe you're a brilliant uh, problem solver or product manager, you'll solve the problem very well, right? But soft skill is where what helps you to understand your stakeholders, be it your business team, be it your engineers, be it your designers, be it anybody, right? So it's a mix of, I would say, hard and soft skills. Uh, sometimes what really happens is people focus more on hard skills than on soft skills. For me, uh, I think it's always been the latter where I, I think most of my focus was always on soft skills. It could be because that's how I am as a person that I'm very, I would say extrovert. I, I can make friends very easily. I can talk to anybody in length about any random topic. Uh, so, so that's how I am. But one thing which I always focused during my initial days of my career was, you know, I wasn't really bothered about like the term which you use power center, where the power center was, to be honest. I wanted to work. I wanted to solve problems. I wanted to do good work, which sort of actually worked for me. And at the same time, uh, I, I think when it came to stakeholders, I think I always projected a united front. It was never, say, engineer versus product manager, even if there was a bug or a delay or a, or an outage, I, I would, I would, I would be like, Hey, you know, uh, I think it's my product, which has gone down. I take full responsibility of it. So that's, that's when, like, I think the engineers also start acknowledging you, uh, start helping you and chances are at product managers, all of us will, will, will falter, right. All of us will do 10,000 mistakes, right. At that point of time, this is what helps you get out of those mistakes unscathed that's when right your engineering team will be more than happy to give their 110% to get out of that soup right so that's how i think uh, and my funda has always been you know i've got your back uh, no matter whether you've got my back or not so that's how typically i tend to approach at least when it comes to my teams and this of course was true very true in the initial phases when we didn't really have leaders across the board uh, because all of us were like what uh, at best, engineers were probably 20 to 24 years of, of age, and I was probably a little older, maybe three, four years elder to them. So at that point of time, this is what I followed, and it it worked out well for me, to be honest. Uh, so that's that's how I tend to keep it. Uh, being an extrovert, being somebody who can be easily approachable, who can easily you can easily talk to, always help, but always follow. You know, I've got your back, no matter what, is something which has worked out for me. Mm-hmm. So PM being the role that it is where you have to work with different stakeholders, as you were saying, you have to work with engineers, uh, business people, analytics, marketing, etc. So sometimes you do uh, get into crossfires. What I have seen is many PMs getting demotivated uh, 
um, so how do you suggest uh, they handle it i don't know whether i still do a good job at it or i have done great job at it but take it with a pink bucket of salt maybe that just think about it as a you know what doesn't kill you just makes you stronger imagine if there is somebody who is questioning your solution or questioning your approach it's okay be open to it be receptive of the feedback which you're getting it it could be absolutely wrong it could be absolutely something which is gibberish but at the same time more than often you would come across feedback which is very very genuine just be receptive to it just be open to it don't make it like hey, you know it's my solution how can you point fingers at it uh, and to be honest you realize this approach once you have burned your hand or in my case i would say many times when you have burned your hand so it's not like something which you would understand very very easily but be open to feedback be be receptive to it and that's when i think you would understand that hey you know you can easily get up those out of those cross fires but those are actually not cross fires those are actually suggestions and opinions to to actually solve probably the same problem in a much better way is is how i think about it and usually the reason for those cross fires or those arguments or opinions is not like every they don't want the end outcome to be great i think everybody wants the end outcome of the problem you're working on or the objective you're trying to solve right to, to be to be to be met but what really happens is maybe sometimes they don't have the full information right maybe there is asymmetry of information maybe you have the full information maybe they don't understand that hey you know what they're asking for is something which is technically infeasible right so 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 that's where i think it it comes out to be right be receptive listen to the problem listen to the suggestions and then if you don't have great answers to counter them it's okay take a step back tell them hey you know it's a good idea maybe i'll come back tomorrow and then we can discuss it just don't get into unnecessary arguments because then it might become ego clashes and nothing else i think what you're trying to say is uh, uh, zoom out and look at the bigger picture that it's the customer that you're solving for and and try to give as much context as possible and try to understand the perspective of the person that Uh, is actually sharing their point of view and uh, i think that's very i think that's a very core skill uh, and core uh, uh, work of a product manager to understand and empathize with other uh, stakeholders and uh, try to get a little more deeper on how, where they are coming from so that you understand and maybe and and most of the time that actually gives you a better idea of whether you were missing something or not and Absolutely. makes you better at the job that you are expected to so i think Correct. it happens sometimes and of course yeah. there would be some uh, some conversations and some points that you would feel they like, care yeah, this is just plain stupid uh, yeah. but i think you just have to see through that and say okay let's move on so and yeah. and i think in that you were always there uh-huh, i think you pointed out right so you always tried i think you were always there uh, as a backup and you were like okay you do whatever you want and like personal experience i think you <laughs> we have been through yeah. those conversations so yeah coincidentally on this similar topic i am actually engaging with another startup where i am it's a upskilling startup where i'm just actually talking to their subs- subscribers so typically what really happens in product management is most of the product managers they tend to involve the stakeholders in a very later stage of the product life cycle if you think about the product life cycle is the starts with the problem discovery definition solution then delivery chances are most of us as product managers they tend to involve our engineers or design counterparts only towards the delivery phase 
right so now what has really happened is as a product manager you have understood a problem you have defined it it may or may not be right right at the same, but you are trying to solve only that problem which you have defined but imagine if you have involved the other stakeholders it could be it engineering be it design be it business uh, counterparts right in the problem discovery phase itself chances are you'll do a probably a much better job at defining the problem and then coming up with a solution so that's what i was teaching them here you know that that's what great product managers do they don't get they don't involve their stakeholders towards the later stage of the product life cycle but in the very beginning and great companies actually have processes again emphasizing the word processes to ensure that that you know everybody gets involved in the initial stages of the development of the product life cycle jindal uh, what do you look for in a promising candidate <laughs> yeah uh, i i think bayanks there i think we could probably make bayank the poster boy <laughs> uh, so i i think it depends on level to level krishna so for example if i'm looking uh, i'm i'm hiring for somebody at a junior role say somebody who's just gotten into product management or wants to get into product management i just look for couple of uh, i would say innate qualities one is uh, curiosity inquisitiveness second is around problem solving raw sharps that's what i look for because i think uh, the other skills of product management around communication around being an effective leader etc everything is coachable when you have somebody joining at a junior level but being inquisitive being somebody who has raw sharp is something which you can't really train from is what i think uh, so that's what i look for somebody at a junior level but as in when uh, the level increases what really happens is if i'm hiring for a very specific role or i'm looking for candidates for a very specific role i would probably look for relevant experience uh, communication uh, but of course not 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 uh, sort of lowering the importance of say problem solving and inquisitiveness because i don't think everybody anybody knows every everything right so it's always a new learning for everybody that's how i think about it so jinal uh, on the relevant experience bit right so uh, i think there are two uh, approaches in general people follow one is that you hire someone who comes with from a fresh perspective so that they will be able to think fresh and actually uh, think about things that one would not have uh, thought yeah. about and uh, the other uh, sort of uh, approach is say you hire people who have done this and uh, they come with relevant experience so how do you sort of figure out on what works best in what scenarios and what are the pros and cons for those i i think if yourself mentioned the pros and cons that uh, there's no innovation which would happen because if person is coming with a relevant experience then maybe maybe they would try to implement something which they have already done i think my take there is if you're looking for very very i would say specialized ex- uh i would say expertise like somebody you need for maybe your search algorithms maybe your relevance algorithms right i think that's where relevant experience really matters but when it comes to say maybe somebody uh how do i give an example yeah maybe somebody looking at experience end to end experience it doesn't really need to be in that domain it could be in any domain so so that's where it becomes a little generic and that's where since it becomes a little generic that scope for innovation is still there because they of course do understand the difference between the green city and the red city but at the same time since the domain is different they could innovate so that's how i i put it 
but it's again relevant experience really matters for very specialized uh, roles uh interesting uh, jindal i think you brought in specialization so uh, i think you would have, you have done uh, uh, i think everything uh, from research to storefront to fulfillment and what not so uh, what at what point of time in the career right so uh, once once you are sort of once a product manager is trying to transition from a say uh, individual ic role to a say product leader role and 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 as soon as you start thinking of that transition uh, people who are hiring and the companies they generally prefer people who have done specialization right so uh, it's at the end of the day it's going to be a comparison right so a person who has done fulfillment all uh, his or her life and a person who has done some bits of everything and uh, so when it comes to selection they probably would go with the person who has done fulfillment all their life so so when does one actually start thinking in their career and think okay now let me choose one uh, uh, stream one domain and go deep in that so i, I yeah. remember having this conversation with you when you were sort of also uh, think, thinking of saying okay getting a new role and thinking new challenges so i think that's something which you would have personally faced as well right so how does that uh, uh, look like see i i think in the initial phases of your career right maybe first couple of years maybe at best maybe two and a half three years right it's okay if you're a generalist and you're dabbling across multiple roles trying to solve multiple problems maybe storefront problems maybe backend problems etc because uh, that's when you'll probably as a as a new product manager will will get a flavor of different aspects of product management uh, because at that point of time when you have joined you don't really know what you want to do maybe you you know that hey you know want to be a product manager but again there are a lot of flavors of product management so so that's what it helps so maybe first two to one half years i think be a generalist try to get involved absorbed into as many diverse problems as possible that's when you'll start understanding a pattern of hey you know this is what i like to do or maybe this is what i excel at now coming to whether you should go deep into it versus have a whether it's, it's again the same problem right whether you go deep or whether you go horizontal right so it depends on your aspirations so for example if i want to be the best product managers known for search i would probably definitely have to go deep into it there's no two ways about it but maybe hey you know uh, i tomorrow want to maybe say open something of my own or i tomorrow want i see myself as somebody who's leading the say storefront for a particular org right that's where you will probably have to be a little more spread in your approach so it's all a function of what what you like what you want to do and what you aspire to be for me i think after first two years of swiggy i realized hey you know i love uh, experiences i love being at heart and center of uh, customer experiences and that's what i focused for almost next 2 3 years of my career at swiggy and that's what really ticks for me because it could be a function of maybe i did it in the past and i've started to liking it or maybe with help of all the great folks at swiggy i've started doing good job at it but at the same time that's what i resonate that's what something which i resonated with right but at the same time if i'm thinking that hey you know i want to be probably the subject matter expertise in a particular domain uh then i would definitely go deep into it but for me it was never the case i always wanted to be a generalist 
because I, I think that would give me opportunities to learn, try and explore different roles. But if somebody is very sure that, hey, you know, you want to do something very particular, I would say after two and a half years, you can, you can take that call till then do things of different domains as well, because only then you will know whether you will like it for a longer duration or not. So I think experimentation is a mantra. And <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of I think a lot of companies have actually started realizing this, and so uh, I think Facebook and uh, Flipkart of the world have this rotational product manager uh, program thing where they actually keep moving uh, the new fresh new product yeah, managers yeah, yeah. every six months so that they get actually uh, they get an exposure of uh, all the domains, and then they figure out okay what. Do they actually want to do? See, see, product management as an as a domain was very late to join this rotational policy because if you think about it, every company had a management trainee program where you were you were having stints in different orgs, sometimes in sales, sometimes in ops, sometimes in biz, etc., etc. Right? But yeah, you're right. I, I think definitely Flipkart was the one which started the. I think I think their program APM was program. yeah 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 correct APM program right. Facebook also then Facebook also started. But yeah, I would say dabble multiple hats for first two years, figure out what works for you and then either go deep into it or stay on the path of being a generalist. Uh, Jindal, uh, do you have any uh, takeaway comments for our listeners? For the initial few years of your career, try to be involved in as many as diverse problems as possible. Uh, don't worry about uh, how would I create a brand of my own. I think every everything will fall into place. Uh, just try to solve as many wide variety of problems as possible and i'm sure by doing that you will you'll find what is your true passion what's your true calling and then follow it so but just be open to any sort of problem which is thrown at you and yeah during your initial phase of your career toll give your give your best do 12 hours a day do 14 hours a day because that's when you'll start reaping benefit of these long hours in the later part of your career uh, and like, I don't know who said it, but I think nobody became famous or expert overnight. Everybody put in a lot of hard work. So put in the hard work during the initial phases, rest, everything will fall into place. Thanks, Jindal. Do you suggest any uh, books or articles to read? Definitely. A couple of books, which actually really helped me, uh, when I was just, when I just started my career as product manager manager were reading about how big companies actually started it's a very humbling experience if you read about the everything the, uh, if you read about amazon right the everything store right you start with how jeff bezos was like sort of almost almost ridiculed that hey you know this is what you want this is what you want to do but now think where amazon is it'll also it'll also teach you that how every company will have those ups and lows of their values, their culture changing, uh, but companies who are very relentless towards their overall objective, overall focus are the ones which succeed. So read about a lot of com- companies, read, about, read autobiographies. If you are interested in uh, solving problems, read design of everything, the design of everyday things. I think that is that is one book which will, ex- which will take very, very uh, I, I would say common everyday life examples like why are the door handles like this? Why are, why are they not like that? Why are the lift buttons like this? Why are they not like 
other way around right so so read about it things which would be very common sensical to you would start making sense to you from a framework point of view as well eventually so just read as much as you can and one more thing which i think i would want everybody to read would be i think consumer psychology i i didn't do it during my initial days but now i think is something which i am reading a lot about so just read about consumer psychology consumer behavior uh, i ridiculed this course during my b school but then i think i think it was probably the most important course ever taught to me in the b school so so, so read about all these things as well i think a uh, uh, fun fact uh, general was so cool so we had this uh... Uh, saying and we used to joke around <laughs> your general so rich <laughs> that the uh, general salary <laughs> general salary would come into sms because it would not fit in one <laughs> it was a swiggy white joke and <laughs> i think <laughs> so I, i i was waiting for the right place to fit it in but <laughs> I, I, i i wish it was it was it was true if it was true then i would probably not been talking to to you mayank at least i would still be talking to you but yeah i i think it was couple of couple of engineers goofing around with me and they created a slack channel out of it and then all of a sudden i i just saw everybody joining that slack channel and then they were they were jokes every now and then on that slack channel Uh, this probably can become a meme eh? you jindal sorich <laughs> and then followed by some i, I think people uh, would co- correlate with navin jindal not with ankit jindal but <laughs> that's fine navin jindal is rich hey, thanks cool. a lot What jindal else? for uh, you know having uh, taken the time of the weekend to uh, talk to us thank you very much for joining our podcast no no i think thanks to you krishna uh, had it not been this podcast i i don't know when we would have spoken again you are a very busy man you are shooting you are recording you are going on your photography trips god knows what all you do so thank you so much for your time and i keep on bumping into mayank every now and then either over whatsapp or call so i do understand i do know what he is doing or what his khurafati dimag is doing at that <laughs> at that particular phase but i think it was lovely talking to you again krishna after a long time yeah, thanks a lot it feels so weird to listen mayank so i think i'm so used to gilani right you are used to dinel <laughs> uh, uh, how can people reach out to you if they want to i i think just just drop me a note over linkedin i think I I would I would try to reply as soon as possible. That's something which we can definitely think of. Or reach out to reach out to Mayank folks. Just bug Mayank and Mayank will pass it on to me. Perfect, perfect, cool. Uh, thanks a lot, Jindal. I think this was great. Thank you, thank you, folks. You have a lovely weekend. Bye bye. If you like this podcast, then do share it, and you can reach out to us at productmanagement zero one hundred at gmail dot com. or you can find us on twitter at pm_journey thank you very much